Before we get to this week's episode, you have to hear about foaling. Foaling is a combination of, you guessed it, football and bowling. Started in the state of Michigan, one of the top 50 states we have in this country. So you take a football, maybe you got 10 pins out there. Maybe you're drinking some beers, throwing back some brats, hanging with your friends at a tailgate. And then you just happen to be throwing this football at these bowling pins out there and you're accumulating some points and you're having a grand old time. Foaling is a rowdy mashup of football and bowling. The first team to knock down all 10 of their opponent's pins is the winner. The product itself was brought to the Indy 500 in 2001, and that's where it was born. Foaling, it's wildly popular in the Midwest. It's where it all started, and it's taking the nation by storm. Upgrade your tailgate right now and go to playfoaling.com, and also right now enjoy free shipping site-wide. Again, that is playfoaling.com. Play, F-O-W-L-I-N-G.com. Get the tailgate game that's taking the nation by storm right now. Foaling. You got to have it. And now, tune into this week's episode of the podcast. What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Between the Tackles, an NFL podcast hosted by yours truly, Matt Tweed. If you are new, please like, rate, review, subscribe, download the podcast. We stream on all platforms, streaming podcasts, your Apple, your Google, your Spotify, all that good stuff. We are there. If you are a continued listener, thank you so much for the support. Thank you for writing. We really appreciate it. Um, So I'll be honest, past couple weeks, haven't posted an episode. I've been busy, been out of town, um, had one episode that I was ready to post. It did not post, corrupt file, all that. So no other excuses other than mostly just human busyness and human error. Um, we are back though for week 10. Uh, episode is going to be a little different, obviously, because um, we haven't had a couple episodes to, to recap. So we will... We will recap week nine, um, just like the gambling lines and all of that. I have no bets necessarily to recap, um, but we will just kind of recap everything that happened in week week nine, um, but then we will obviously preview week 10 um, for, and then we'll do the gambling corner, so we will have gambling um, bets and things like that to talk about. So let's quickly recap week nine. Um, we will start with the Thursday night game. Obviously, I know that's a while ago, um, so try to remember some of that stuff. Um, okay. So let's check, let's check the Thursday night game from week nine. That was the Eagles and the Texans. Texans closed, uh, sorry, opened at nine and a half point underdogs. They closed at 13 and a half point home dogs. Um, we use all of our lines here at FanDuel. So that's where it was at FanDuel, Philadelphia favored by 13 and a half on the road. Um, that game ended up being a 12 point lost by the Texans. So they actually covered, um, a lot of times people will tell you home dogs of double digits or more, just hammer them, just take them blindly, to be quite honest. Um, I don't necessarily subscribe to that theory because I, you know, sometimes they're 12 point dogs for a reason or double digit dogs for a reason. Um, but a lot of times they just hammer them and I'm sure there's a system play that tells you that they're hitting at an alarmingly high rate. Um, I did not bet this one, but it hit, um, 29, 17 Eagles win Texans do cover the 13 and a half. All right, moving into Sunday, um, Jets taking on the Bills. The Jets, again, home dogs of 10.5 points. Um, this was one that, again, a lot of people may have just hammered blindly, and they would have been, not only would they have been right to cover, they the Jets won the game outright. Josh Allen now, I think, has, in the past several weeks, has 
I think eight turnovers on 13 turnover worthy plays. So he actually could have more. He's been a little lucky in that sense. He leads the, or he's top five in the league in interceptions and fumbles. He's the only quarterback, or sorry, there's two quarterbacks that are doing that. One no longer has a job. It's Matt Ryan. The other one is Josh Allen. Listen, he's incredible when they're ahead. The Bills are classic front runners. When they, when they, Get out, they pummel teams. When they're in a dogfight, they really struggle to execute. Biggest part of that is their run game. They do not have a run game they can lean on to milk clock or to to sustain long drives. A lot of it is just Josh Allen running and Josh Allen throwing, and that's about it. I know they traded for Naheem Hines, but again, Naheem Hines is a receiving running back. He's not a bruising running back. They don't have a running game. They haven't developed one under Sean McDermott for five years now. The running game is just give Josh Allen the ball and hope he gets yards. The problem is, is come December, come January, when you actually need a running game in a game that's cold and that you have to control clock against an elite quarterback on the other end, they haven't been able to do it. Um, And now them losing this game to the Jets means that the one seed now is back in play. I thought it was going to be locked up. I thought the Bills were going to roll through and be the team that has home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And actually right now, it goes back to... It's a battle between them and Kansas City, and we know that if Kansas City gets the one seed, and if they are where the you know the um, AFC playoffs roll through, it's basically Super Bowl guaranteed for the the um, the Chiefs. So all that said, um, basically, just kind of keep an eye on that situation. Listen, the Chiefs had the the starting um, the toughest first eight games in NFL history by every one of those eight teams had a winning record last year. That's never happened. No team has ever had to open up the first eight games of their season with eight teams with a winning record from the previous year. And I believe all of them except for one made the playoffs. That's never happened. So now the Chiefs who started off eight games with really tough winning winning teams, they went six and two. The rest of their schedule is a complete cakewalk. Not a complete cakewalk, but a much easier cakewalk than they had to start. The Bills are different. They've now got to play the Jets again. They've got to play the Dolphins again. They've got to play the Patriots again. They probably have to play the Ravens at some point. You know, it's going to be tough. So it's a little different. Right now, the Bills are obviously the number one seed based on the head-to-head. But if the records aren't the same at the end of the year, Kansas City gets the one seed, watch out. That's all I'm going to say. So they do, obviously, back to the gambling aspect of it. The Jets went out right. They clearly covered the 10.5. Um, Bills now not just a lock to get the one seed. Vikings taking on the Commanders. The Commanders were three-point home dogs. This, I felt, was the perfect number. I, If it was 2.5, I would have taken the, the Vikings, um, but it was 3, so you got to probably take the Commanders at this point or stay away. It does end up being exactly a three-point win for the Vikings, so they do not cover the three. The Commanders do not cover the three either. It's a push both ways. Um, pretty boring game there. Packers taking on the Lions. Lions were four-point home dogs. According to FanDuel, they opened at three and a half. It got bet to four. This was one that I probably would have told you Aaron Rodgers against the Lions and that terrible defense. Hammer the Packers. I would have told you that. Um, We didn't bet it. Um, I was at a bachelor party and didn't really get a chance to bet it. But all that said, the Lions went outright. Aaron Rodgers had three picks in the red zone. He was terrible. The Packers stink. They're They're on pace to maybe be the worst team in the AFC North. And that includes the Bears and the Lions. <laughs> um, they're bad, and there's real no way of turning this around. Their schedule is still super tough, um, and I just don't see any – I don't foresee any any path 
that they end up, you know, being being a winning team in this division. I believe they have a bye week this week. So, oh no, they play the Cowboys. Like they play the Cowboys. <laughs> it's a horrible next matchup after they play the easy, the worst defense historically, maybe on pace in the NFL, and they only score nine points. Okay. Um, on to the next one. Colts taking on the Patriots. This is just a classic Bill Belichick against a rookie, basically rookie quarterback in his first couple starts. Patriots were opening at six, but bumped down to minus four and a half at home. Um, I don't know. I I probably would have told you to take the Colts, but again, that was that would have been dumb because I should have just been like, oh, Bill Belichick against a rookie, basically quarterback. Take Bill Belichick every time. And it would have been right. Mac Jones looks terrible. I'm not sold. I think he sucks. Um, I think Bailey Zappi probably should be the guy that they go with, but they're not going to do it um, because they continue to win um, stupid games. 26-3. to But I mean, honestly, Mac Jones did nothing that was actually good in this game. If I pull up the box score, it wouldn't shock me. Yeah, he was 20 of 30 for only 147 and one touchdown in a game where they scored 26 points. Their only touchdown was a three-yard pass from Mac Jones, but then it was an interception return. Everything else was field goals. They can't put points up on the board with their offense. It's going to kill them down the stretch, and Mac Jones stinks, but they covered. They won by 23, so they covered the four and a half, and that's all that really matters on this show. Bears taking on Dolphins. Listen, I could go on for hours about how amazing Justin Fields was in this game. Um, It's the perfect scenario. Bears um, closed at plus four. Um, I hammered plus four. I actually bumped it to four and a half and hammered that too. Um, They cover. They win 35 or they lose 35-32. The Dolphins win though, but the Bears cover the four and a half or the four actually as it was at FanDuel. Um, Listen, this is the perfect scenario for the Bears. Justin Fields played fucking incredible. He <laughs> he ran for 178 in a tutty. He threw for 123 in three touchdowns. He was efficient. He didn't get sacked very much. He was great in this game. And they lose, which means they get a great draft pick. <laughs> Listen, the perfect scenario for the Bears is to, to have Justin Fields look incredible and for them to lose close games. The reason they traded away the defenders that they did, Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith, is so they could get draft capital. They could get the the money off the books, and they could be bad on defense and lose games th- that were shootouts. So they could get a better draft pick. It's all about fan per- perceptive right now. It's all about making sure that Justin Fields looks great, but also losing games so they can get a draft pick. It sucks as a fan to lose, but you have to understand what they're doing, and you have to get on board with it. The only way to rebuild this thing is to get a ton of draft picks and to have a ton of cap room, which is exactly what they have right now. And now they're telling you by getting Chase Claypool at the deadline that they believe in Justin Fields and that they are going to build around him, and the way you do that is draft picks and money. So that's what they're doing. All right. Um, Raiders taking on the Jags. Another Raiders debacle. They were up 17 points in this game. And then they end up losing this game outright. Jaguars closed at two and a half point favorites at FanDuel. I hammered that. I was a big, I thought the Jags could win this game outright. And for a while I was scared. (laughs) They were down 20 to three at one point. It was 20 to 10 at halftime, but it was still 20 to three. And then the Jaguars score 17 unanswered in the second half and they win this game by seven. So not only do they cover, they win outright 27 to 20. Chargers taking on the Falcons. This one hurt. This one really hurt. This game was 10-0 in the first quarter, and then it was 14-10 at halftime, Chargers leading. And then it was 17-14 going into the fourth quarter, and I thought, well, you know, just hold off. 
and then the Chargers score six points, two field goals at the end in the fourth quarter, and they win by three. I was big on the Falcons plus two and a half, which is what this closed at at FanDuel, and we lose. All right, Bengals taking on the Panthers. Bengals opened at nine and a half at home, but I think a lot of the hype around the Panthers based on the, you know, the touchdown thrown at the end of the game and them keeping that game close between um, between Atlanta really kind of skewed this line down. Um, closed at Bengals minus seven at FanDuel. Listen, I... I don't think in any world the Bengals should be favored less than double digits against the Panthers. And so I hammered, hammered, um, hammered this line. Um, Bengals minus seven. I think I bought it down to six and a half, or I not bought it down. I think it dropped down to six and a half at one point. And I think I snagged it at that. Either way, I either got it at seven or six and a half. And I put a hefty chunk of change on that one. Um, and as we know, the Bengals blew them out. Um, I believe it was like. 45-13 or, or something like that. 42-21. So they won by 21. Just gave them a beat down. This is one where the Bengals are scary. If the Bengals can... Well, first of all, Joe Mixon having five touchdowns is a bit of an anomaly. But if the Bengals can get that type of production from their run game while you have Joe Burrow, and they're doing this right now without Jamar Chase, like that's pretty freaking scary. And they're still a threat in the AFC right now. Um, if we're looking at if we're looking at standings, I mean, they're second in their division, but they're five and four, and that's good enough. I mean, right now that's that's outside of the playoffs, but obviously some things are going to change for some of these. Like um, the the Patriots aren't going to be there. I believe the Chargers probably will end up not being there either. So there's a chance the Bengals can get into the playoffs again. I mean, there's plenty of football left. Obviously, I'm speaking very, you know, out of turn in a sense of where we're at, but. I do believe the Bengals are going to get into the playoffs, and if they get healthy and they get this production on both sides of the football, sneaky good defense right now too. I probably should look up defensive ratings. But like, I mean, let me see this here. I mean, DVOA, they're, what is that, seventh in the league in DVOA? And if we want to just search defensive DVOA, I mean, you know, they're probably defensive DVOA. They look to be eighth in the league in defensive DVOA. And then total overall DVOA from just both weighted, um, they're fifth. So they're sneaky good on both sides of the ball. Um and I'm kind of kind of shocked that like that hasn't been brought up a decent amount. I mean, they're ninth in offensive DVOA. So they're a really, really good team. Um, they've had some bad losses. They started off slow. They start games off slow. But overall, they're loaded. And so that's why I bet them against Carolina because Carolina stinks. And I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs. All right, Arizona taking on Seattle. So Arizona closed as a favorite Minus two and a half, which blew my freaking mind. Vegas still does not understand the Seahawks. They don't think they're good. They don't respect them. But the fact that, like, I thought maybe you just make this a pickup. Like, hey, I don't really know if Seattle's good, but we definitely know that the Cardinals aren't good. So let's at least make it a pickup. But they made them open at a four point favorite, which basically means, now, granted, that probably means they think that Seattle's basically the better team, but they had to give some home field advantage. But there is no home field advantage. This should have been a line of 
Seattle minus two and a half. Instead, they were getting points, and they're the better team, and it's a steal. Vegas was printing free money for people this in this matchup. This one they just got completely wrong. They didn't know about Seattle. And if Geno Smith doesn't throw a bad pick six, this is an absolute rout. It's a blowout. So I'm shocked that this is a, a, a 17, 18, 21-point game if there's no pick six. So I'm shocked that Vegas got this one so wrong. I was big on Seattle, plus 2.5 at FanDuel. Um, got that number, hammered it. Got the dub. Seattle wins outright 31-21. All right, Rams taking on the Bucks. Listen, this is one that when it opened, it was minus one and a half, and I was big on the Bucks at minus one and a half. When it got to three, I was hesitant to bet it. I, I just didn't like I thought that was the perfect number for these two teams. T- uh, Tampa Bay can't really score a whole lot. The Rams' defense is really good, but they can't score a whole, whole lot, and they've both been really bad. So I figured it was going to be about a field goal game, and that's what it ended up being. Actually, it was Rams that were winning the game at one point. Um, and then Tom Brady drove all the way down the field. Um, it was thirteen to six, or sorry, thirteen to nine. And Tom Brady goes all the way down the field. They get two drives in the last two possessions of the game, both of which the Rams should be d- completely pissed off at themselves for. The defense was awful. They get a field goal, and then they get a touchdown at the end of the game. And the Buccaneers end up winning exactly by three, so they push sixteen to thirteen. Sunday night game, Chiefs taking on Titans. Listen, you know my role when it comes to the Chiefs. They closed, they opened at minus 10.5. They got all the way up to 14 at one point. They closed at minus 14. You know my rule. If it's Chiefs at home getting touchdown or less, I'm taking them. Anything outside of that, I have to look and see who they're playing. They were playing the Titans who love to play teams close, who love to slow the game down, and I just thought that 14 points was way too many. Um, I didn't end up betting this game. I actually, well, I did, but I didn't bet any spread or total. I bet an anytime touchdown, which I did not end up hitting. I had Kadarius Toney. I thought maybe Andy Reid would be able to get him into like some weird packages by the goal line and get a touchdown, but the Chiefs didn't score a whole lot. They only scored 20 points, and I believe they only had two touchdowns, one of which was McCole Hardman. The other one was a Patrick Mahomes run. So all that said, I was going to be on the Titans when it got to 14 and two touchdowns. Um, I probably was going to be on them even if it was 10 and a half. If it was anything less than seven, I was definitely going to hammer the Chiefs. I would have lost either way, but at least at this point, I stuck true to my system. I stayed away. Um, I didn't win the anytime touchdown bet, but that's okay. Those are more of a it was plus 550, so those are obviously much tougher odds. I was Once it got to 14, I was definitely going to hammer the Titans, but it didn't get to 14 until right around game time, and I had already bet. Um, I had already made the decision not to bet and I wasn't going to go back on it and I was playing ball by the time the number got to this this point so wasn't going to get it anyway all right Ravens taking on Saints this was an easy one for me I thought um I thought this number at three and a half was right but when it got all the way down to one and a half um plus one and a half for the Saints and minus one and a half for the Ravens. I liked it at plus three and a half. Um, I wouldn't have bet it, but I liked it better at that spot. But when it went down to one and a half for the Ravens on the road uh, against a team that everybody was giving too much love because they beat the shitty Raiders in the Saints, I, w- I hammered the Ravens. I had them every which way. I had a money line. I had a minus one and a half. I actually took them an alternate spread at minus seven or a minus six and a half, sorry, because I thought they could win by at least a touchdown, if not more. They win by 14. It was pretty easy. Like, honestly, never was sweating it. Um, now, granted, Andy Dalton missed a wide open throw at one point that might have made this game a little tighter, but at the end of the day, um, the minus one and a half was a no brainer, and I hammered that one. 
All right, let's move into week 10 now and preview that. So uh, recording this Wednesday, November 9th, so we are ahead of the Thursday night game. Thursday night game is between Atlanta and Carolina, a divisional matchup. Um, opened at Panthers plus one and a half. It has been bet up to Panthers plus three. Um this could be a classic divisional matchup, take the home dog, but I think Carolina stinks, and I actually think Atlanta's sneaky kind of decent. So I would have taken it at minus one and a half. Right now it's at right, in, right at a football number. If you want to shop, there's probably some other places you can get minus, minus two and a half. Right now FanDuel has it at three, but maybe closer to game time. Um, you could get down to two and a half if the Sharps start hammering the home dog, but home divisional dog, but... All that said, I think Atlanta's the better team. I may just buy it down to two and a half or take minus three and hope maybe they win by a touchdown. I don't think Carolina's winning this game in any sort of fashion. Um, even if Atlanta wins, I just don't think it's going to be a close game, um, or at least it's not going to be within a field goal. I think it's a field goal or more. So I'll probably end up taking Atlanta minus three in this one. But again, just don't see any reason um, this game is is less than a field goal. All right, we do have a game in Germany. Sunday, 9.30. We got an early morning Sunday game again. Tampa Bay taking on Seattle. Um, again, if you would have asked me, I guess it's the plane, the flight from Seattle to Germany, which is the longest commute for a game ever. Um, maybe that's why this line is the way it is. But if we're just looking strictly on the field, the Seahawks should be at least a pick em, if not favored. Again, I think Vegas, this one, Vegas is getting closer to right because I think they're doing the plane and factoring that in and how far they have to travel. Um, but I still think Seattle's going to win the game, so I would probably end up taking Seattle. It opened at uh, Tampa Bay plus 2.5. It's now Tampa Bay plus or minus 3. So you're getting Seattle plus 3. You're getting the field goal too just in case maybe Tampa Bay does win on a, on a field goal. You're still getting that 3. So I would definitely take Seattle plus 3, but I think they win the game outright. Jacksonville taking on Kansas City. Um, man, this is one that I was hoping maybe they'd give a little bit more love to, to um, Trevor Lawrence here, but they're not. Chiefs favored at home, minus 9.5. It is within that 10-point number, so if they do win by 10, you get it. I just can't I can't do it yet. Uh, the Chiefs just start so slow, but they are at home, um, so maybe that helps me. I don't know. I, I'm going to stay away, but I can definitely see this being a double-digit win for the Chiefs. Um, there's no doubt about it. Texans taking on the Giants. Giants favored. Opened at 6.5. It's now bet down to minus 4.5. Giants at home. Listen, I think the Texans stink, but I don't know how good the Giants are. However, the Texans stink. Um, I probably would lean Giants minus 4.5, but I can definitely see this being a field goal game. Um, If it would have been at 6.5, that would be one I definitely would feel more comfortable taking. But 4.5, I just probably will stay away. But if I had to lean, it would be Giants minus 4.5. Saints taking on the Steelers. This game's going to stink. Both these teams stink. Um, it opened at three, plus three for the Steelers. It's now been down to plus one and a half. Um, I'm going to stay away. There's no chance I'm betting this. If you are going to bet it, though, the plus one and a half is irrelevant. I just take either, I take Saints money line, if, or, you know, Saints money line if you're looking for the winner. Uh, or sorry, Saints on the spread if you think the Saints are going to win, and Steelers on the spread, or sorry, Steelers money line if you think they're going to win. Because the plus one and a half, if you think a team is going to keep it within one, you might as well just pay the extra dollars and see if they just win the game outright. Okay, moving on. Bears taking on the Lions. This this line shocks me. I understand the record of the Lions is worse technically than the Bears. They have played one less game, though. So there could be a very, very 
possi- very big possibility that the Lions would have the same record depending on the teams that they would play. Um, so they're two and six. Bears are three and six. Bears opened at minus two and a half. I think. I think the field's performance from last week is what got this number to now three. Um, listen, I understand everybody's going to hammer Detroit. They probably think that Detroit's offense is going to run through um, the Bears' defense, which I don't think I can necessarily disagree with them with. However, I also think the Bears will have their best offensive output of the game, which is crazy because they had an incredible one against Miami. I just think that the Bears will have an incredible offensive output against this terrible Lions defense. Um you're getting a lot of people on the Bears spread. You're getting people on Detroit money line. Massive money though is all going to be Bears because of I, again. I think it's skewed a little bit because of um, because of the the performance from Fields last week. However, there is a system in play. Um, it's road dog and a low total after a bad season. Um, so basically, that system is um, takes advantage of perceptions that the team may not be very good based on last season. Um, and small dogs when the total isn't high have covered at a high rate. So again, it's a small dog with a total of, I believe, um, 48. So less than 50. That's actually a decently, decently high total. I'm surprised that system's still in play. Maybe it's anything less than 50. Um, all that said, I think the bears are going to win, but I think it could be right around that three point mark. So if you would have got it at two and a half, that might have been a good number. I think at three, I can see taking either side. I'm going to end up probably just taking Bears money line. I mean, if we look at the actual matchup itself, the money line's only minus 150. Um, you have to lay a little bit of juice, but minus three versus minus 150. If you think the Bears are going to win, it could be worth just getting a push. But if you want to just be safe, you could just bet the money line, throw a little juice on there. Dolphins taking on the Browns at home. Dolphins opened at minus four and a half. It's been bet down to Dolphins minus three and a half. Um, this is one that a lot of people were on early at plus four, and now that's probably what pushed it down to plus three and a half, minus three and a half. I think the B- Browns can win this one outright. I truly do. Um, I don't think two is very good. I think he's benefiting a massive part from Tyreek Hill, which understandably so. They brought him in. Um, I just I just don't think that two is super great. I think that Miami's team is good. I just don't know how good um, Tua is. This is going to be one that I know a lot of people are going to be on the Browns on in terms of probably the spread. Um, 57% of the bets are on minus 3.5 for the Dolphins, but 76% of the money is on the Browns at plus 3.5. I'm going to lean Browns plus 3.5. I think they can keep it within a field goal. Um, But... I don't know if they can win it outright. I think they could. I'm not confident in it. I think it's definitely possible. But I'm just not sold on Dolphins being able to to stop anybody and get enough stops to, to cover that three and a half. Vikings taking on the Bills. Bills opened at minus eight and a half. Based on their performance and how the Vikings are doing this year, it's been bet all the way down to minus three and a half for the Bills at home. So you're going to get a lot of people that are going to throw a bunch of money at the Bills, um, I would assume, because of that drop. However, if you go to Action Network and you look here, um, 69% of the bets are on plus 3.5 for Minnesota, and 85% of the money is on uh, Minnesota as well. This could be a pros versus Joes type of situation. Uh, Maybe I go opposite of where all the money is and go minus 3.5 for the Bills. Bills at home are a different animal. I am going to lean Bills minus 3.5. Obviously, the fact that I'm getting the value that it opened to 8.5 and and now it's down to 3.5, that's fucking insane. I'm going to take Buffalo Bills minus 3.5. 
And final 1 o'clock game, Titans taking on the Broncos. Titans open at minus 1.5. They are now minus 2.5. That's not a massive difference from where they opened. I think a a decent amount of that probably is because of how they played against Kansas City. Um, But again, everybody gives Kansas City their best shot because that's Kansas City. 61% of the bets are on Denver plus 2.5. However, about 50% each, it's split money between the two spreads. So there's not real anything here. I'm not going to bet this one. This one's too close. It's probably right around where I would. It's going to be an ugly game for a 1 o'clock game. So, you know, maybe if you have other options to watch games, don't watch this one. Colts, Raiders. Raiders opened at minus 3.5. They have been bet all the way up to minus 5.5, which I think is a bit odd. Both these teams stink, though. Um, So, you know, trust me, don't want to be touching any of these. Um, Line movement, money movement. So money movement, 65% of the bets are on the Raiders. 85% 85% of the money is on the Raiders as well. A bunch of money there. This could be another pros versus Joe situation. However, I think the Colts stink. I think the Raiders can bounce back. I would take them minus 5.5 at FanDuel. Cardinals-Ram, both these teams stink. <laughs> I don't really have any analysis other than they both stink. Um, it was opened at 3, minus 3 for the Rams. It's now been bet down to minus 1.5. You're getting 51% of the bets are on Arizona, but 58% of the money is on L.A., I don't really have a feel here. They both stink. I don't really want to back any of these. Um, But the Cardinals are better on the road this year than they are at home. So I'm going to bet the Cardinals plus one and a half. I think they can win this one outright. Final four o'clock game here. Cowboys taking on Packers. Um, Packers stink and the Cowboys don't. That's kind of just where I land on this. Um, it it opened at two and a, or plus two and a half, but now it's plus five for the Packers. Uh, Dallas Cowboys road favorites, which is always a bit dicey, but they are the better team. It's no doubt about it here. Um, I bet every. I just know a, lo- a lot of people are going to be. A lot of the pros are probably going to be betting on the Packers. Public money and public betting is all on the the Cowboys as usual. However, there's a system in play. Up oh, well says there was, maybe not anymore. Maybe it changed. Um, cool. So the total here, again, a lot of people are on the under. They just think that it's going to be low scoring. It says there's a system play here on Action Network, but if you actually click on it, I don't really know what the system is. Maybe it is just road dog. I don't know if I have a better one than that, but, um, I'm going to take the Cowboys minus five. I think they win by a touchdown or more. I just think they're overall a much better team. And I think the Cowboys are kind of broken right now. Sunday night divisional matchup. 49ers opened at minus three and a half, taking on the Chargers. They have now been bet to minus seven. Obviously, people think that with the McCaffrey addition, along with um, the Jeff, the um, sorry, the struggles of the Chargers, um, I assume this is why this number is this big. Um, I'm going to look at some of the money here because this seems kind of crazy. Sixty percent of the money is on the Chargers, and fifty-two percent—sorry, sixty percent of the bets, fifty-two percent of the money is on the Chargers plus seven. I mean, you're getting the touchdown. You might as well just take the Chargers, even if they lose. You're good, even if they lose by a touchdown. You push. You don't lose your money. I just—I think it's tough to in this divisional matchup. They're usually closer games. They're usually more hotly contested. I—I I think it's going to be tough to win by more than a touchdown for San Francisco. So I would end up taking Chargers plus seven in this one. And then Commanders taking on the Eagles. Um, Philadelphia at home, favored by 10.5. It opened. It still stays around there. You probably can see 11 in some places, but at Fandle you're getting um, 10.5. 
Um, 69% of the money is on Washington at this moment, but 57% of, sorry, 69% of the bets, but 57% of the money is on the Eagles. Um, that's at minus 11 in Action Network. You might even be able to get higher percentages of money and bets if it was minus 10 and a half. But all that said, it's a divisional matchup. Again, I think it's a Monday night primetime divisional matchup. I think the commanders keep it closer than 10.5. You're getting the hook, too. You might as well take it. Taking plus 10.5 here with the commanders. What you could do, though, and if you haven't been following the trend, other than last week, the Eagles have covered, had covered um, eight, or what are they, eight and no? So they had covered seven first-half spreads in a row. They did not cover um, the one against um, Houston last week. However, they're seven and one in their first half spreads. They're getting six and a half against Philly. They're the best second they're the highest scoring second quarter team in the league, maybe in league history, I think. Um so you could also look to see what the quarter two looks like spread. Um it looks like the quarter two spread is minus three and a half. So that could get a look too. But if if nothing else, they've covered, you know, they've covered that first half spread a lot on Monday on Mondays. I mean in the first half. Um so you could be good there to look at that one. But overall I'm taking Washington plus ten and a half um on the spread there because I just think in a divisional game it's close and that's too many points. All right, let's move into now the gambling corner. So we can recap last week's betting. Um let's see here. I think I have a draft. I don't know if I actually posted it. No. Okay, let me go to my drafts and see if I have what... Okay, cool. So, this is what I had betting-wise from the NFL last week. Like I told you, I bet very big on the Bears and Bengals. I hammered the Jags plus two and a half. Um, I... I had... Oh, I wrote down Colts plus five and a half, but I don't remember betting that. Maybe I did. Maybe I just completely lied in that last segment and said that I hammered Patriots. Um, maybe I didn't. Maybe I bet Colts plus five and a half. Yikes, if that's the case, because that goes against everything I would have normally have done. Maybe I got swayed by something else. Uh, maybe I got swayed by Mac Jones, who stinks. I- either way, I was three and one. Um, I didn't have the tweet trifecta or anything because I didn't do the podcast. So I just had four bets, and then I had that. Um, I had that anytime touchdown. So I went three and two, but three and one on spread bets. Um, Three and two overall, if you include, I put a little bit of juice on the, or a little bit of cash on that anytime touchdown. But overall, profitable day, very profitable day based on the the big bets that I placed on, you know, two of the three. Um, so let's dive into though this week, um, as we do, or we are going to go to the, um, we're going to go to the gambling corner. We are going to do the tweet trifecta and the best bets. Remember, just a reminder here, the tweet trifecta is a three team money line parlay as well as a three team or maybe four team teaser, depending on how I'm feeling. And then the best bets are two straight up spread bets, no teasing, nothing, just spread bets on ones that I think are very, very guaranteed to hit. Um, so, let me look here and kind of scroll through. Listen, I think Vegas has really, really started to to figure some things out here. Okay, so my best bets are going to be um, Las Vegas minus five and a half, and then Dallas minus five. 
Those two, so they're both 4 o'clock games. Sorry about that. I try to usually do a 1 and a 4, but the 1 o'clock games just all look really, really well-priced. The only other one maybe and could be a, that 9.30 game, taking Seattle plus 3 and maybe sprinkling the money line. I'm going to throw that as like a bonus. I want to call it a best bet, but a bonus. I feel decent about this bet. Um, so the two are Raiders minus 5.5, and, and then Cowboys minus 5, and then a side, kind of feel good about it, feel pretty decent about it, Seattle plus 3, and sprinkle the money line if you want. As for teasers, um, we're going to tease Kansas City down. Obviously, they're at 9.5. We can get them down to minus 2.5. We'll tease the Cowboys to a weird number, but I like it. It might even get to plus 3. It'll be plus 2, but that's okay. Um trying to think if there's anything and then I kind of like I kind of like teasing the bears here too and then teasing the the browns so we're gonna do four we're gonna do a four leg teaser here and we're gonna tease it hmm if we tease it 10 what happens we get plus 100 we get even money we don't really need to tease it 10 but it gets us to Bears plus seven, which I kind of like just in case. So uh, I don't know if I want to do 10 or seven. Let me see. Seven gets us to plus 180. Okay. We're still going to do. No, we're going to do 10 points. So we're going to tease at 10. We get Kansas City down to plus a half, basically just win the game. Dallas to plus five. We get Bears to plus seven. So it's, so if they lose, we still get a touchdown in our favor. And then Browns plus 13 and a half. Again, it doesn't get us to the 14 maybe that would help us, but I don't think the Browns are losing by more than 10. Or I don't think they're losing by more than a touchdown, but they're definitely not losing by more than 10. And even if they lose by 13, we still get it. So that's a four-leg teaser that gets you to plus 100. Um, at FanDuel. And now let's do the tweed trifecta in terms of just the money lines. You know how we're going to roll this here. Um, we're going to do, we're going to go um, Chiefs. Raiders. Cowboys. That might be it. I'm going to try and see if I can find a better one in here. I'm going to roll Giants, too. I hate that I'm doing that, but I'm doing it. We're going to go a four-teamer, so we're going to go Chiefs, Raiders, Cowboys, Giants, and then like we did in the in the um, teaser, we did Chiefs, we did Bears, we did Browns, and we did um, Cowboys. All right, that is going to do it for another episode of Between the Tackles. Again, thank you so much for listening. I apologize for the delay in these episodes, but we are back. We are good for a weekly show moving forward. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. All right, fam. Peace.